A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Game day, your verdict. Well, it's been another great day of Premier League football on game day. Newcastle secured a dramatic win over Chelsea. Manchester City drew 2-2 with Crystal Palace and now sit 13 points behind Liverpool. Arsenal conceded an 83rd minute equaliser to draw one all in their home game with Sheffield United and Wolves came back from 2-0 down to triumph 3-2 at Southampton. Here is the best of your reaction to the day's football on your verdict with me, Laura Woods and Darren Bent and also the full-time phone-in with Adrian Durham and Matt Holland. This is the Game Day Your Verdict podcast. Right, let's get straight into it and head over to St James's Park with Nigel Adley. And that is it. What a victory for Newcastle right at the very end. And this season they've beaten Spurs, Manchester United and now Chelsea. Isaac Hayden with his first goal for 11 months in the 94th minute has settled a game in which Newcastle barely had the ball, but yet again, they have got the job done under Steve Bruce. It is finished. Newcastle United 1, Chelsea 0. Right, let's go to Sam. He's a Chelsea fan. Chelsea, hi Sam, how you doing? Hi Laura, I'm good, how are you? Not too bad, thanks for calling in. I mean, first of all, that was pretty boring really, wasn't it, the majority of that game, and then to lose it in the 94th minute or something like that, how did that feel? It was a bit of a killer, to be fair. Mm. Um, you know, we, we dominated most of the game. Um, just, I think the big problem with us is we haven't got a, a backup striker to Tammy, um, and the final third is disappointing. I think um, Batshuayi comes on for me doesn't really cut it. Um, yeah, we need a we need to really invest in the, the transfer window. I feel. I, I, you know, what I do think I think you're right. As a backup striker like Tammy, you do need someone who can come in and, and score goals and, and maybe keep Tammy on his on his toes because I'm a big fan of Tammy's and I think he's your best striker, but. You can get too comfortable when when it's too easy for you, and you know you're always going to play. You maybe need a little bit of competition, a little bit of push, but also at the same time, you don't want that striker to come in that's going to unsettle him. But I do agree with what you're saying about in the final third that from game to game, you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, I like William, I like Hudson Odoi, but I think you're, you're lacking that real number ten, that real creative spark. So what do you do then, Sam? Like if you were to go in the market now, if if, if you were in Frank's position, what sort of a striker would you be looking for? You know, someone that is going to someone's going to start ahead of Tammy, or like you say, someone's going to keep him on his toes. For me, I like what Frank's done with bringing the young English players through. Um, so I don't want to bring anyone in that's just going to mm. kick Tammy out the side. Yeah, of course. Because you're going to um, upset the odds if you bring a, a mm-hmm. big, big superstar, aren't you? He's got to play. Mm. I, I need, I've, I'd be looking for an impact sub. Um, or I, I wouldn't look any further than Danny Ings at Southampton. Wow. Um, he, he's a goal scorer. He's proved that in the last few months. Um, he's got about 10 in 10, I think. Um, but... Like I say, I don't want to bring anyone in that's just going to put Tammy on the bench. Because I think he's the future of Chelsea for me. You know Sam, what? stay there. Uh, Go on. What, what are you going to say? I was going to say, but with Danny Ings, I don't think you're going to bring Danny Ings to come and sit on your bench. I was going to say that. I was going to, if you're Danny Ings and you get an offer from Chelsea, but it's not an offer that where you're necessarily going to start every game, why would you and, go? And also as well, you've got to remember, there's a big tournament at the end of the season. He's got aspirations again to that. Mm. He's got an outside chance. Even though his form has been tremendous, people are still saying he's got an outside chance of making it. So there's no way he's going to transfer, move from South Hampton, where he's playing week in week out, he's their main man to go and sit on someone's bench. Not for that London life. Exactly. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we, we will delve into the London life later on. And we'll tell you what we're talking about in a bit. But uh, somewhere else, I mean, I suppose from that performance today, you're going to feel a little bit um, just disappointed. But it kind of had it written all over it, didn't it? For that whole game, Chelsea just couldn't. Well, Newcastle. Nah, Chelsea couldn't break Newcastle down. I've been a Chelsea fan for 15, 20 odd years now, and it was a typical Chelsea performance. We had the ball, we had the chances, but in the, come the final third, we, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing. Willian, Hudson, Hudson, Adoy, since he's been injured, mm. has just looked bereft of ideas, uh, no confidence. Mm. 
he's yeah. an absolute you know, shadow of the player that he was a year ago when he broke onto the scene. Um, you mentioned the transfer market for me. Ben Chilwell, I'd break the bank for him for a left-back. Uh, Rhys James looks, looks good at right-back, but left-back's uh, a concern for me, I, I think. Excitingly, we're going to go back over to St James's Park because uh, the man that won the game, Isaac Hayden, is on the other end of the line. First of all, Isaac, hello. Thank you so much for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Isaac. Um, a massive congratulations. I'm Laura. Darren Bent's on the other side of the line as well. We've just been talking about uh, James Bond, so we'll just transition nicely <laughs> to, uh, to what a heroic performance you had there. Uh, just talk us through that game, how difficult it was just to stay in there because they had so much of that possession. But the way that you guys performed, and especially your goal in the 94th minute, that must have been amazing. Yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic to score at the end there, but we've got to be better on the ball, um, especially at home. But, you know, it's one of those performances where we've been accustomed to this season, where we've been defending well as a team, creating, you know, not many chances, but we've been defending well as a team and keeping the gaps tight and staying in the games as long as possible. And then, you know, when it's nil-nil in the 90th minute, like it was, anything's possible, especially for a set-piece. What's Steve Bruce saying to you guys? Because as I said, you've, played, you've got some big results against some big teams, but you're not staying in games, you're working hard for each other, and like he's working absolute miracles up there. So what's he saying to you guys to make you look perform at the level you are? I think it starts in training. You know, we... You know, we train ever so hard. We do a lot of a lot of tactical work in terms of covering spaces and in terms of our team shape. And we take it onto the pitch every week. And you know, defensively, our performances have been very good. Um, we obviously like to improve going forward, creating a lot more chances, being a bit more expansive. But you know, with the the players that we've got at the minute and the squad that we've got, we we you know as you said, doing really well with the squad that we got. It's been difficult as well. It's not been easy for you lately with your injuries as well, Isaac, and you, you're pulling through and you're kind of trying to get these teams together and, and fight against teams like Chelsea. And we look back, we were speaking about it, the kind of teams that you've taken points off so far this season. And they're mm. big They're big results of, of big teams in the top six as well. Yeah, no, I mean, our injuries have especially been ravished, um, you know, in especially in defend defensive areas over the festive period. But we've, you know, everyone that's been fit has gelled together and, you know, I've had, I've had to play the back sometimes, right wing yeah. back, centre half, um, you know, anywhere for the team, uh, just because there's been you know limited numbers. But you know, I think that shows the spirit of the lads. I think there's been a few players have had to play out of position, but everyone's just got on with it and you know done done our work for the team. And you know, results like this, the hard work pays off. Yeah, of course, and especially with the way the way you guys set up. I mean, how important is Maximum and, and Almiron? Because they they get you up the pitch in a hurry and with their mm. energy and their work rate. I mean, it must be a joy to play with them guys. Yeah, it's vital. Um, you know, it's vital to our, our game plans week in, week out. You know, they've got tremendous pace and, you know, courage to get on the ball and, and take the ball and, and to, as you said, carry us up the pitch. And, you know, it alleviates the pressure on, on the back lads and the midfield lads when they when you see them running up the pitch and taking on three or four players and, and just taking that pressure off us. And um, we'd like, the ball, we'd like to get the ball to them a little bit more um, and get them in, you know, more dangerous areas because they obviously sometimes they have to defend quite deep um, with the way that we play. But... You know, it's a work in progress and I'm sure second half of the season will we'll show that we've improved in that area. Isaac, just give us an idea of, of what it feels like at St James's Park at the moment and the reaction from the fan base because we watched from the studio here today, we could hear what the atmosphere was like, especially when your goal went in. Has it changed? How positive is it now? Yeah, it was it was electric. Um, you know, the fans up here have always been fantastic, even yeah. from the, the, the first moment of the first, first game of the season. Mm. Obviously, it's not been as full as we would have liked it as players um, but you know we're still getting 45,000 you know per week at the get at the home games which you know in the Premier League in England not many teams yeah. get 45 50,000 plus every week so they're still turning out in, in their droves and you know we can only hope that results like today um, keep getting the fans out and keep getting the fans on their feet. Isaac what about your goalkeeper um, Debravka we have to just give him a little bit of a word what sort of mm. a, a calming presence is he having having him behind you? For me he's I wouldn't go over the top by saying, you know, he's world-class really, especially his wow. form at the minute. He's, he's he's fantastic. He can kick the ball well. He's good with his feet. He's got great reflexes. He comes for crosses. Um, there's nothing really that Martin I see him struggle with. Obviously, every goalkeeper makes mistakes. Um, you know, even the best goalkeepers in the world, like Alisson, you know, people like that make mistakes. But in a whole, is you know, the difference that he made from when he first came into the team in January, I think it was 2018, um, you know, he's almost transformed our, our team. Yeah. You see, obviously, Joe Linton's having a bit of a tough time with the goals and, you know, people getting on his back. But how are you guys like, kind of keeping him on side? Because I still think he's putting a shift in. I know the ball's not flying in the back of the net, but mm. how are you lot keeping him positive? I think it's, it's just training. You know, everyone at training, he trains really well. We, it's about repetition, you know, course, just getting yeah. him in the positions, getting him scoring in goals in training. 
And, you know, today he was in a great position in the first half to get the header and it obviously unfortunately hit the bar. But it's just about getting him in, in the right positions and in training, just keep crossing the ball, getting him in the right position to score goals, hitting the back of the net. And, you know, if you keep repeating it, then hopefully when he plays on the weekends or whenever he plays, um, it can be put into match practice. But, yeah, of course. you know, it's always hard for a striker, like you know, when you go for a spell with not scoring. But... You know, everyone's positive with him. He's doing his hard work for the team. He's defending from the front. You know, he's making tackles, running back. So as long as he's doing that and hopefully as he can get in better positions and we can get the ball to him in better positions, then he'll have more opportunities to score. Isaac, there's been a lot of change at Newcastle this season, new manager, a few new players in there. Um, but at the moment, you're sitting at the table, you're 12th, which is incredible. Everything that you're fighting against with these injuries that we keep mentioning as well and the change that you've had there. What, what is the aim? Have you sat down a, a, as a team and, and, and decided what you are going for and are you on track for that? Yeah, I think at the start of the season, if you looked at players that have left, staff that have left, um, staff that have come in, it's been a massive change for everybody at the football club. But I think it's almost a similar situation to the last two years that we've been in the Premier League. Um, it's about survival first, uh, first and foremost, and then seeing where we can go from there. Um, you know, the Premier League, the way that I see it, is there's sort of six, seven clubs that are sort of pulling away at the top, and then it's sort of anyone's game from sort of ninth, tenth, all the way down almost. So, you know, there's su such few, few points between them that, you know, a couple of bad results can pull people back in. So everyone just has to take it game by game and obviously got another game Tuesday night which is massive um, and we'll look forward to that. Andy is a Newcastle fan welcome to the show Andy and congratulations Yes thank you hi guys love the show as always brilliant oh, thank you so much um, where did you watch that game? Um, I'm just finished work so I've been listening on talk sport all afternoon oh, what did you think of it? I mean 90 did you think it was going to come? Uh, with Newcastle you always think it's going to come it never <laughs> usually does but you always keep your fingers crossed <laughs> Just tell me, Andy, what's the general feeling? I mean, how long have you been a Newcastle fan all your life? Uh, yeah, pretty much all, over 20 years anyway. So what's your feeling towards Steve Bruce now? Uh, it's mixed. Um, he's getting the results. It would be nice if we were to play better football, but you have to do what you have to do to get the results. Hmm. And has it changed? So at the beginning of the season, you, I imagine, along with everybody else, you, you didn't really want to see him come in. Has it changed since then, or, or am I wrong? You, did you welcome him? Uh, I was sceptical, personally, um, but, but it's, my opinion's definitely changed. The results have come in, and that's what matters most mm. yeah, anyway. Mm. Do you know what's mad is that, and I, I don't know what it is, it must be a fascination nowadays that I get all teams want to look and play this fantastic football in it to look good. But what I like about what Steve Bruce has done this season is that he's understood that obviously last season he lost two of his best players. They, obviously they lost the manager, Rafa left. They lost the striker um, who was doing really well, Rondon. Obviously per Jose Perez went, he went left as well. So they lost two of their, best, Perez, yeah. lost two of their best players. And he's understood that, well, listen, we can't play this free-flowing football that all these other teams can do. Well, obviously we've not got the budget for it. So I can only make do with what I can, what I can do, basically. And he's prioritised getting results yeah. over it looking pretty and I think that's how at times you've got you've, it's not that different to what Rafa did exactly so you know I mean you've got to walk before you can run at the end of the day yeah. and he understands that yeah I'd love to get all these players in and be able to play this attacking football and it looked like Newcastle of old mm. but at the same time we can only work with what he's got and the, the boys up there are putting a fantastic shift in and Steve Bruce is doing an excellent job of setting them up every single game and yeah they're going to get beat sometimes because other teams have got more quality than them at times but what we have seen this season that even when teams have got more quality than them they can still set up in a way where they're difficult to beat like they were today mm. and they know if they get one opportunity they can just take it they'll take all three points yeah Andy you guys were set up quite well and so defensively you were quite solid weren't you did you have a point to make yeah. about Chelsea uh, yes Chelsea and Tottenham I've been listening all transfer window and everybody keeps saying that oh Chelsea and Tottenham shouldn't sign another striker because he's just going to sit on the bench mm. um, but could they not change their system play with two strikers put five in midfield and still have the three at the back what do you think, Darren? I think well, Arsenal striking situation, they're not so they're okay. Lacazette, Martinelli, these guys. They've got they've got pedigree there. Yeah, mm. Bamiang's their main goal threat and he's out, but they've got a striker there. I just I just think it's going to take a brave manager to switch away from this four two three one. And this fascination with just having a lone striker up front. Let's hear from Frank Lampard now. He's been speaking to Talksport after that defeat to Newcastle. Frank, do you regard that as three points dropped in the end? Yeah, <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Um in terms of the game, yeah, anyone, everyone in the stadium saw what happened. One team controlled the game for huge parts of it. I think they had a, a few headers, which I think you can never stop Newcastle doing, and they're big. 
Um, but other than that, it was all us. Create, created a lot, had chances, didn't take them, and sucker punch at the end. Do you feel you had problems breaking them down? I think every team will do in Newcastle because they defend their box, they don't commit numbers. If you don't score one, then they're going to stay there all day and, and then counter-attack occasionally. Steve Bruce is a, is a good manager, he's got players that can be dangerous on the break and they're very well organised, so I don't think you're always going to get absolutely clear-cut chances. I've watched them play you know, Man City here recently and there's not lots of clear-cut chances, but if you control so much of the ball around, around their box and we create enough where we're rounding the keeper, we're one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, we need to score goals. It's just a learning curve as well for maybe some of your younger players. No, because that, that this is football. They would have had it in their under 10s, under 12s, youth team, under 23, whatever, championship, wherever they've been. Uh, the rules of football are if you control the game, you have to score goals to try and win it. We tried to do that. The lads gave everything. I can't complain with any amount of effort. In fact, I thought the effort was fantastic. We were pushing and pushing, and that's why the heads are down now. But it's, uh, it's a reality of football. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Man City held at home by Palace. They thought they had it. One City. John was at the game. How are you doing, John? Hiya, Adrian. Uh, not so good, mate, to be fair. I bet. Um, I think they lacked a bit of moral fibre in the centre of the park for a couple of their goals, their last goal. They wanted it more. They challenged the ball. They won the ball. The ball squirted out. Backing off. Zaha stepping over. Cut the cross out. <laughs> well, do you, do you think though? Do you think though? Because Pep Guardiola has waved the white flag in the title race, which probably we're all thinking it's over anyway. But he has come out and said, "Yeah, we're not even thinking about that. We're thinking about top four. Has that transmitted through to the players who might have might have lost that little bit of fight that you're talking about? Hey, if you look at us, we can out football any side on the planet, Liverpool included. Yeah. What I was saying to the lads at the side of me today is when Liverpool get the break. We got in some situations in that first half, very dangerous situations, I might add. And we were getting... Don't like saying this, but David Silva was guilty of choosing the wrong option. He sh shot when he should have passed the ball. He passed the ball when he should have shot. And a congested penalty area. You're sitting there, equaliser, hit the thing. Anything can happen. You can ricochet off a defender. So we were guilty of trying to walk the ball in the back of the net. Can so I, I ask you about his team selection? Because Riyad Mahrez has been in such good form of late, and yet he left him on the bench. Why? Ridiculous. Ridiculous situation. They came. I tell you, I had a good game today, and possibly my man in the match was their striker. Hey, you. He worked his socks off. He was defending at the right full back, and then he was starting the attacks and getting on the end of things. He had a great game. His, his, his willingness to work and run, and their defenders were defending his all their life, depended on it. They were throwing their bodies into situations, blocking the ball. I thought, I thought ultimately the referee had a poor game today. Not VAR, I'm not interested in that. However, he spoke to their keeper on five, six different occasions about time wasting. Now, how many times do you have to speak to the same the keeper about the same thing? I think we should go to Lee, who's a Manchester City fan. Welcome to the show, Lee. Um, disappointing performance Evening, for you today. Right? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. What did you make of it? Uh, it was a frustrating game. Um, Thought we started really well. We were we were quite wasteful. Um, certainly in the first half, it looked like we were trying to overplay it a little bit. And I think um, David Silva, as frustrating as that, I think it is for any Man City fan to have to admit. But it feels like the time is probably about yeah. right. Uh, none of us are looking forward to seeing him kind of leaving leaving the club. That's for sure. But uh, you know, the, he's been incredible for the club. But just making the wrong decisions in the wrong places today. We were overplayed at the wrong times. There were times when we could have certainly, you know, t just take 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 the shot. You never know, know what's going to happen, what, what kind of bounce it's going to take, because Palace were throwing everything in front of, of everything we were trying to do. Um, but I think the main thing for me, and, and we've talked a lot about kind of cities, you know, the, 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 the absence of Laporte, mm -hmm. and how important that's been. But for me, the big miss that we've had this season has Sorry. been Leroy Sane. Yeah. Not, not because just because of what Sane himself, uh, you know, the kind of how much of an impact he had last season, etc. But the way he plays is different to every other option that City have. Yeah. Kind of just outside of Aguero. So look at Sterling, look at Mares, Bernardo Silva. They all look to cut inside. So if I'm if I'm an, a, 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 the opposite manager, all I'm going to do is I'm going to really pack my back four right across that 18 yard box because. City are going to look to cut in almost every time. When we have Sane as an option, whether he's starting or he's coming off the bench, it made teams think differently about whether they had to cover more yeah. out wide. And it was leaving gaps through that back four that we could then exploit. In there, they know how to set up. And that's what I think 
like this season, we've seen it time and again. We know we've conceded more goals than, than, we, than we necessarily should have. But I think even, it, it even affects us in defence when Zani's not there because I think the opposition teams come and they feel a bit more free to press up against us because they haven't necessarily got that speed in mind. So I just think for me, you know, the sooner he gets back in, um, you know, the league's gone. We all know that. There is no title challenge. But if we can get him back in and he comes back in a kind of form that, that can get anywhere near where he was at in the last couple of seasons, we've still got to be hopeful that he could be the difference between us, you know, kind of really moving on into the latter stages of the Champions League and maybe making a challenge for, you know, bringing a big a big trophy to the club this year again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Sane's been a big miss. That It's the blister and pace as well that you, you forgot to mention as well because the amount of times he can get from point A to point B so quickly. And you're right, he doesn't always have to cut in. Now, when you play opposite wide men on opposite flanks, they're cutting a lot of the time and it condenses the pitch. But when you've got someone who's a natural left footer playing on the left, it just opens the whole game up. Mm. Sonny wants out though, yeah. doesn't he? He does. It didn't sound like he wants to be there. He nearly had a, had his move before he got injured to Bayern. And it looks like he's probably going to go through, no? Yeah, I think so as well. Mm. And it'd be a big miss. Yeah. What about Phil Foden, Lee? Where do you sit with that? Would you like to see him starting games more often? I, I certainly would, and I think it goes back to the, the thing around David Silver. Oh, and yeah. we know we know that Phil Foden is the future, um, you know. And I think Pep's been really really clear about that, about how big a role he has for the future of the club. Um, now's the time. Uh, the league's gone. We've got lots of opportunity now without the same pressure of having to win yeah. every game, week in, week out, just to stay on the coattails of Liverpool. It, it's a chance now. What we don't want to do is waste this opportunity towards the end of the season to give him more and more minutes and then be looking at the start of next season thinking, well, is he ready? Because now is the time to get him in there, to yeah, test him on a consistent basis. Every time he's done it, every time he's been on the pitch for us, He's, he's produced brilliant displays for us. Lee, he can't do any more than he's doing now. How do you feel about Pep at the moment? Look, I think any City fan who, you know, is worth the salt will tell you that Pep Guardiola is the best thing that's happened to our club in, in well, probably ever. ever. But, yeah. but and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I stay with that, but a couple of his decisions just at the moment, I'm just, I think there's a bit of frustration with. Uh, it seems a bit stubborn what's happening with Phil Foden at the moment. It's almost, I don't think the City fans are really seeing eye to eye on Pep as to why that's not happening. There was a decision today, I think we played a, a great system away at Villa Park uh, last Sunday. Uh, we had Jesus and, and Aguero up front together and that brought another dimension to the way we were playing. Made Villa second after second guess what we were trying to do. Then today we go back to a, the same system that we've struggled with all season, really, which is Aguero up top on his own and two, two behind him trying to cut in again. And, and we, it went back to form, you like. I just think when we've had success this year, it's when we've just played a different system. We went to Old Trafford and we played the back three and no striker. And all of a sudden, we were just more difficult to, to kind of read, if you like, in the way that the team was going to play. And it's just been a bit of stubbornness this year for us. to We haven't changed enough. We haven't adapted the way we need to play enough to say, well, maybe maybe the last two years, teams have got more familiar with our style of play, etc. When we've changed it, it's been successful. We just need to see a little bit more of that, really, I think, rather than keep going back to the same things that we're getting frustrated with week in, week out at the moment. That's, that's how it feels anyway. Would you, would you like to see Pep maybe prioritise the Champions League now, now that you said that you think it was the league's over? Well, I, th- I don't know whether I'd go as far as saying prioritise, because I think... For me, I, I don't think you can pick and choose. I think you've got to hit some form. We've, we've really struggled for any level of consistency over more. I think this is the first time all season we've gone four games without without a defeat. So, you know, it's, it's been a bit difficult this year. So I think you've got to still keep yourselves chugging away in the Premier League. And I think you've got to try and find a level of consistency we can take into the Champions League. But I do think he needs to start thinking when he's doing his squad rotation... And he's always done it, and it's worked very well for him. But I think he does need to start thinking maybe some of his bigger choices, his better selection, need to be available in the Champions League because now we're in. There's no second chances now. We can't take defeats in the Champions League. We we have to win them all. Mm. So you know he, he has to think. You know how do we use De Bruyne in the best way? Maybe David Silver in the Champions League because we know he's got that quality. He's got that experience. Maybe that does mean that Foden then gets more of an opportunity in the Premier League. Mm. All but right, I do Lee. think we've got to also keep winning. Yeah, it's been the story, isn't it? Sometimes they've played well and not been able to win too often this season, actually. Let's speak to Tom, the City fan, who is with us on the full-time phone-in. How are you doing, Tom? Hi, mate. You all right? How are you doing? Yeah, OK. I mean, listen, it's three draws, five defeats. That's too many points dropped. Yeah, at the end of the day, like, it's not good enough, is it? But, uh, but also, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
Right, we've won the league four times in what the last eight years. So we're going to have to concede this season, go for the Champions League, go for the League Cup, go for the FA Cup. And if we win them, still a better season than Liverpool, isn't it? <laughs> well, for them it won't be. It's different. Uh, it's different standards, isn't it? They desperately want to win the league. You lot probably more desperate to win the Champions League. So yeah, I think that uh, you'd both see it as as a massive success. Yeah, obviously, like you've waited thirty years to win the league, and and at the end of the day, fair play to them. They've they've got a good side going, but at the end of the day. If we win the FA Cup, if we win the League Cup, the Champions League, we won't get the credit we deserve in the media. No one will give us any praise at all because Liverpool's win the league. But the trophies speak for themselves. Tom, what do you think are the big problems this season? Because I'm just looking at the table and they've scored 64 goals this season, Man City. That's 14 more than Liverpool have. But you've conceded 27 uh, that's 13 more than Liverpool. Now, in the summer, company are gone. Uh, Laporte obviously picked up an injury as well. It's an area of the pitch where you think Pep Guardiola should have done some business in the summer and he didn't. And that maybe is coming back to bite him now. Well, yeah, obviously, we've had issues at the back. But at the same time, I think that the big issue has been that Liverpool have won games. They've had a period of about maybe 15... 20 games this season where they were bang average and they picked up points, they won, and we've not been able to do that. Like, like everyone knows, championship sides win games when they're playing poorly, and that's what Liverpool have done, and we've not done it. I don't actually think that we've been that much worse than Liverpool. There's no way that we're 20 points worse than Liverpool this season. But when we've played badly, we've lost. When we've played well, we've won. Liverpool, when they've played badly, they've won. When well, a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. There's the full-time whistle. And Spurs' sticky patch continues. They only Premier League win a month was when they came from behind against Brighton to win on Boxing Day. Jose Mourinho can point to keeping out the Premier League's form team and registering their first clean sheet in the Premier League away from home in over a year. But there's still a lot of work to do. And that clean sheet, by and large, came rather from luck than judgment. Four clear-cut chances for Watford came and went. A penalty was missed by Troy Deeney as well, saved by Gazaniga. It finishes 0-0. Sam afterwards spoke with Jose Mourinho. Good game, competitive. Uh, I think we dominate for, for long periods, but it's impossible to dominate against them for 90 minutes. So they had also their periods where with their direct football, they, they arrive in dangerous situations positions and they create lots of long balls and crosses and second balls which is always difficult to play against but I think uh, a good game and uh, a good performance by my team with uh, the limitations that we know that we have but trying to hide them and trying to use also the great potential that we have in other areas playing with a super offensive team Uh, we couldn't play more offensive than, than what we did and um, okay, uh, goal line technology is very honest, is very 
is very 100% um, accurate. So yes, uh, one millimeter, but uh, I respect goal line technology. Um, you mentioned that you play with an attacking lineup, and I, I'm uh, you're talking about having so many offensive players on the pitch and no defensive midfielder at all, really, uh, because there weren't none available to you. But do you think you created enough chances? Are you disappointed they didn't create more chances with all those attackers on the field of play? Yeah, it's difficult to create more. Is uh, to have the control of the game and to arrive in the last third and to take the block away from our first third is a very important thing and a very difficult thing to do against uh, against um, uh, Watford. Uh, in the top of everything, in the top of their style of play, they have a goalkeeper that kicks the ball 80 meters. So you cannot press the ball when the ball is, uh, is in the air. It's so difficult to, to do better than what we did. We had our chances. We had our chances. Um, we can speak about the last one, which was obviously that, that uh, correct decision by the, the goal line technology. We had also in the first minute, when Lucas in the box tries to flick the ball back to turn and face the goal in the shooting position. And, um, and I stop here. Handball? I don't speak more. Handball or not handball? I prefer not to say. Okay, um, there was another VAR controversy when Etienne Capu went in quite high. Do you think it's controversy? Well, you call it controversy? Because they looked at it and they didn't make a decision that I thought... Ah, was... that's the controversy. Ah. The controversy is not if it is a red or is not a red. That is a controversy. So you believe that it should have been a red card? I leave to you. <laughs> One last question before we, we let you go. You, the penalty save was a very good save from Paolo Gazaniga. At that point, did you think we're in danger of losing this game here? We are always in, in danger. And of course, when you have a penalty, you are in danger. But I had a similar feeling in the first minute where I thought Watford is in danger to lose the game. Um, interesting from uh, Mourinho. That goal line technology one was so close, but it wasn't a goal. Nil-nil at finish. Let's bring in Ricky, who's a, a Spurs fan who was at the game earlier today. How are you doing, Ricky? Yeah, all good, mate. A bit disappointed. Oh, but... you sound so down. Uh, <laughs> Cheer up. Four you didn't yeah, lose. On the way home. <laughs> oh, no. Was it that bad, though? It's, 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 I wouldn't say we're bad. You know, I, I just frustrating. We've got the players there and we're not doing it. You know, I just... You no, know, listen to people in the crowd, they were all talking to each other. You know, I just don't get why he's playing sort of 70, 75 minutes with Song out in the wing. But they've put two players out on him all afternoon. And, you know, and why would you have a player like that, you know, just to try and get a ball and get across in? You know, we, when Kane was out last year, you know, he was playing up front. And, he, you know, he's a player, you know, outside the box or whatever. He, he will touch, he will shoot, he will touch, he will pass. And, for, and then he put Lucas out there, and you know, with 15 minutes to go. And it changed the game a little bit. You've got all these goal scorers out there, and we're just not. We just, just seem very sort of, I don't know, bottom of the table sort of, you know, sort of team. It's just frustrating. You know, we've dropped so many points this year. Just so frustrating. Well, let me ask you something about, first on the Son thing, OK? Do you think that he's not playing him centrally because he's trying to tell the board, I need a striker before the window close? As a fan, he, he, he could be saying that in a way, but it's, you know, it's not helping us sort of in the, you know, he should be able to, if he wants a striker like that, he should be able to get that strike if he wants that, you know. Mm. Um, my personal view is, you know, but, you know, we, 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 we travel all this way away, we go here, we go home away, you know, and it's frustrating, you know, I think, you know, some of the, the, the bottom half sort of teams this year that we've dropped points with, you know, I've just, I, you know, I think the, the guy's a genius up front. I really, really do. You know, it's all the fans. We speak to each other. I go home and away. And we always, we love him. You know what I mean? We actually love him you know, the way he plays. He's hungry for it. You know, like little Lucas, he'll run, run his heart off, you know, and then we've got players today, Deli Alley, poor again. You know, and I just, I don't know, I just think... Ricky, what's your feelings on Jose Mourinho and the, and the style of football that he's brought to Tottenham? You know, because there's a lot of criticism that, that Jose Mourinho, the, the way he plays, but actually, when you look at his lineup today, the starting eleven: Lacelso, Winks, Ali, Lamella, Lucas Moura, Son. Now that's an attacking team he's selected away at <laughs> it's Watford. It's ridiculous, oh. isn't it? <laughs> uh, you should you should score with all them. This, this yeah. is you know what we're, what we're talking about. You know, um, 
if you can't score with that, I just don't know. I do know something's majorly wrong, you know, majorly wrong. Well, Ricky, let me give you uh, an interesting point of view because I watched the game, didn't wasn't checking yeah. any stats. I watched the game and I thought, I came away from it thinking, yep, there's the goal line one that was very close for Spurs. But overall, I'd say Watford were unlucky they not were to get a win from that game. And then I, I look at the stats. If stats are your thing, uh, Spurs had more shots. They had more efforts on target as well. And they bossed possession in the game. So... Was it was it really that bad from Tottenham today? I'm not, I wouldn't say it's really that bad. You know, you sort of you you know we're on the edge of our seats all the time. You know, to think we come, we can get this, we can nick this, we can nick this. But I thought, you know, um, you, from where we're sitting at one end, you can't see sort of the first half. You know, how much how close they was at the other end. You know, because obviously it's quite far away. But the second half, I I thought they sort of ripped us apart at the back, you know, uh, midfield and back. It was the same routine they'd done. They brought it out to the wing out there. The guy's sort of running the back two all over the place. He's getting the ball in, and we was lucky. They missed a couple of, you know, sort of goals. Um, perhaps like Lucas, Lucas is one in the first half, you know, when he got sort of clean through. They had a couple of them, and the guy stuck them wide, um, you know, six yards from from, from the goal. Um, I, I, thought, I thought Watford were unlucky. Um, we didn't deserve the win. I, you know, the statistics are the statistics. I know, obviously... You can play like that, but if you look at where Watford are, where Tottenham are, you know, what sort of team we are, um, you know, not, not obviously putting them down in any shape or form, but, you know, if we if we want to be in the Champions League this year, which I don't think we will be, um, you know, we, we need to really, really up this game. How different do you think the team will look next season? <sighs> I, th- I think we'll be fragile. I think we'll be fragile. Um, unless we get this together, you know, I, I, you know, Ericsson needs to go. Uh, you know, he needs to go. He, he served as well. I'm not saying he hasn't, you know, but I think you know this season um, he, his time's done. Um, Dele Alli needs to really re-up his game. Um, really, really up his game. You know, we can't have players in there that ain't going to work. You know, he sort of. I heard he went off today. Um, we see a video after he went off punching the seat and he sat down and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not giving it. He's, you know. If you look at players like Lucas and, as I say, Song and, and, and a few players like that, um, you know they're, they're running their hearts off. They'll give you 90 minutes. They'll give you 90. They'll track back. They'll, you know, do everything. You know, and I don't know. I, I feel like Deli Ali's sort of one in, one out, one in, one out. You know, sort of game wise. You know, we can play, don't play. If he doesn't, if he doesn't get it in the first 15, 20 minutes, you know, he can score your goals. Don't get me wrong. He can. Cheer up, Ricky. There's another game on Wednesday. <laughs> You play yeah. again on Wednesday. <laughs> it's only a game, mate. <laughs> More than that. Ricky, I know how you feel. I know you, I had many a weekend sport by a defeat. Don't worry about that. Yeah, we set up at 10 o'clock this morning and just walked in the door, you know, and you just think, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ricky. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. So let's uh, hear from the West Ham manager, David Moyes, with the moose. David, was that a good point or, or not today? Yeah. Uh, I think in the end I was disappointed that maybe we couldn't squeeze three but I've got to say it looked like a draw it looked a really tight game on paper I felt if you looked at the two teams we were missing a couple of our better players and Everton were missing a couple of the better players as well so from that point of view it always looked like going to be a tight game Annoying to concede the goal in the way you did? Really annoying because to be fair we've been pretty good uh, but I was annoyed with it because you know, any any set piece, but they'll be the same because we scored from a set piece as well. You know, so that was the way the game was. There wasn't there wasn't loads of chances, but I thought the chances which were there came to us, and we had the chances to take them in the first half. I thought it all fell away in the second half. It was a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I just got as much to do about nothing really. Uh, yeah, and I might have done the same with you. To be honest, I, I didn't think we could really muster a really any good attempts, uh, and. We defended better, which was good, so it meant that we didn't give too much away uh, to Everton. So, look, it's a point. We'd have rather had three. Uh, we'd have liked to have played better, especially in the second half. I thought we played quite well at times in the first half. But I think it's a slight improvement. I think it's improving. I think getting a point against what is a decent Everton team who are, what are they, third or fourth best team in the Premier League, form team at the moment in the Premier League. So I'd have to say, you know, it wasn't the worst result. And lastly, I think you've got two weeks now to sign players. I mean, I thought a number 10 would have been a guy on a striker. Well, I think we've got a lot of number 10s. I think Lanzini's a 10. I think uh, Philippe Anderson's a 10. You could answer uh, Fernals is a 10. So... I think we need to. We need. We would like another midfield player. Whether we we choose to play with three midfield players or, or in case we need to give Nobs a bit of a breather or Declan gets suspended, etc. 
So I think we're short, but I also think that, you know, if we could add anything which will uh, give us a better chance, uh, well, we've got to look for it and we are doing. But uh, again, I'd like to try and make sure that we sign ones which are going to be here for the long term or people who can instantly help us. Thanks for talking to us. Cheers, thank you. Thanks. There you go, uh, David Moyes with uh, TalkSports, Ian Abraham. So we've heard from Wilder, Pickford, Arteta, Ancelotti, David Moyes as well. Let's bring in uh, Sean, uh, who's a West Ham fan. Hiya, Sean. Good evening. Hiya. Uh, what did you make of the game today? Um, yeah, I mean, Everton were there for the taking. So it, it's, uh, it, it was a bit disappointing uh, not to take the three points. But, you know, in the end, it could have gone the other way. So it's so grateful to take the point because um, it could have gone either way. Uh, it, it probably was two, two <laughs> more, let's say, struggling teams playing each other, and it, it was uh, who could take the spoils. So it was probably the fair result to get um, a point of peace in the end. It wasn't a great game, you're right, and there wasn't a lot of quality in it. One player, one West Ham player, I really want to mention is Snodgrass, who I, I thought he did have a bit of quality, and I thought his his work rate and his energy yeah. to try and win the game for West Ham, I thought was uh, probably the best out there on the park. Yeah, I, well, I'll have to agree with you. For the man of the match, I mean, uh, West Ham fans love players with passion who play for the badge and play for the club, and he showed everything that we want a West Ham player to do. So, yeah, my man of the match. And, you know, I think he's done enough. There's, there's not a lot of competition out there, but, you know, he could <laughs> well be the hammer of the year. Uh, cool. <laughs> Sean, Sean, what about Darren Randolph as well? He, what, the fourth goalkeeper now that's played in the Premier League for yeah, West Ham well, this season? He didn't do anything wrong today, did he? You know, he's only just... I don't think he's played since 24th of November. So he's coming cold uh, straight into the team. You know, obviously, David Martin made a mistake last week. Uh, you know, Roberto's about to go back to Spain and, and was playing with some quite poor form. And obviously, we've lost Fabianski. So, you know, David Moyes really didn't have a lot of choice. It was either put, a, you know... David Martin back in, who, who made a mistake last week, or, or take a risk with Darren Randolph, and it, it seems to have paid off. Um, you know, I don't think you can blame Darren Randolph for the goal we conceded, and I thought he had quite a good game. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought he was decent enough uh, today. I was certainly no uh, certainly no errors uh, from him. In terms of the there was the protest before, which you know, I mean, if, it depends who you talk to as to whether it was uh, a meaningful protest or not. Some are saying it was uh, hundreds. I think the police figure was under a thousand uh, took part yeah. in the protest. But to me, actually, yeah, I, the... I spoke to the police just, just uh, and the numbers were similar. You know, yeah. seven hundred to eight hundred. Right. Uh, but it tailed off towards the end. About three to four hundred is is what. The British Transport Police told me when when uh, when I passed the, the the protest. You've done your own work, haven't you? Crikey, that's well, impressive. Well, I have to do it because I, <laughs> I write a blog. So ah, see, right. So what do you make of it then? The the protest well, and, and have they got a point? Well, uh, not for me personally. Uh, I didn't join in the protest. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of different groups that want different things. But the the main aim of the protest is, you know, they seem to want the board out and they want meaningful dialogue with the board. But I don't quite get that. Um, the timing, I think, was wrong, personally. But, you know, we live in a democratic society. It was a peaceful protest. There was no trouble. Wasn't the timing just because of the, there was the 10 years tomorrow, isn't it, since Golden well, Sullivan no, took over? the timing, actually, when they first announced the protest, was just after David Moyes was announced as manager. So why, you know, today did, tomorrow is the 10-year anniversary. When it was first announced, it was just after the, you know, they appointed David Moyes. Look, as I say, everyone's right to protest. There's 60,000 people in the London Stadium. Um, and even if it was a 1,000, I'd say the figures I was given is, is a maximum 800, it's a fraction of the people going to the game. Yeah, I, I think that that is, that is fair. You can't argue with, with the point that you're making. Um, but in terms of the str strategy of the club and the way the club is going, I mean, do these, do these people have a point? Well, I think they're frustrated because they say that there was this 10-point pledge and, and certain promises were made. I'm sure you're aware because David Gold came on uh, TalkSport and said, you know, the, these promises weren't written in stone. One person's promises, you know, one, some people say that they're overambitious, they were dreams. Other people say they were promises and they're liars. You know, it depends. It's very subjective, isn't it? The main thing we want as West Ham fans is success. And we you know, you know what? It's... Got it yet. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport.
And the referee has blown the whistle and Arsenal have dropped more points at the Emirates Stadium and Sheffield United, after those two successive defeats on the road, get back to the sort of form we've been used to when they've been away from home. They were a goal down, bang on half-time to Gabriel Martinelli's first Premier League Emirates goal to put Arsenal in front. But seven minutes from time, John Fleck with a neat finish, driving the ball into the turf with his left and beyond Leno to nestle in the back of the net to give Sheffield United a share of the points here in North London. It's finished at the Emirates Stadium on TalkSport. Arsenal 1, Sheffield United 1. Arsenal 1, Sheffield United 1. Here's TalkSport's Joe Shannon. Mikel Arteta is with me in the tunnel at the Emirates. Mikel, your reaction to the results and the performance? Yeah, we are very disappointed uh, with the results. I think we dropped two, two points, very important points today at home against a very difficult and well-organised opponent. Um, but we didn't put the game together when we had absolutely control in the second half and we should have done and in this league till you put the second one in the scoreline it's, it's always open You looked very frustrated throughout on the touchline how tough was it to watch as a manager? Yeah because uh, you know if we would have scored the second one I think the game was over um, we haven't done it you know they are a threat on set pieces they are a threat on the long ball second balls we talked about it but it's very difficult to control that <laughs> the guy is caused from incredible difficult angle I put in the top bin, you know, and, and after that we tried, we reacted, we tried to put bodies forward and tried to score the goal, but uh, but it wasn't to be. What do your players need to start doing better? I don't know. To ask a little more to the players at this point, I think it's difficult. I think the transformation has been uh, very, very big. You know, a lot of things that they I am asking them to do, they are doing them on daily basics, not just... Uh, on the pitch, um, I'm really happy with the connection generated between team and fans as well. Really th big thanks to them because uh, they were superb again behind the team today. And uh, yeah, we need three points. We need to do what we did against Manchester United, put the second one in there and then the game is over. Is the home form a concern at the moment? And do teams, do you think, fear coming to the Emirates? Um, Result-wise, of course, because the that's, it gives you the stability if you win and you are consistent at home. Obviously, it's a big platform and uh, we're not reaching that at the moment. So we need to improve our, our way as well. How impressed you, were you by Sheffield United and particularly their second half performance? I was more impressed with the first 10 minutes more than the second half performance. Um, but I know them really well. I watched them and I said before uh, the game that is is a team that is worked in every single aspect of the game and they know exactly what they need to do. That's why it's, it's tough to play against them. A goal for Gabriel Martinelli, first Premier League goal at the Emirates. That must be one of the key positives today. Absolutely. Uh, we were missing Oba as well today and um, and the fact that he steps in and plays with such a desire, commitment and he's a big threat all the time. Thank you, Mikel. On uh, Arsenal, let's speak to Dan, who's a gooner. How are you doing, Dan? You're at the game, yeah? Hello, mate. Yeah, I was at the game, just on driving on the way home now. OK, what did you make of it? Um, well, I thought, I thought in the first half, I thought, I thought it was OK. Um, and obviously we got the goal um, and we, we looked all right. And then it was just the same old same old story, really. I was at Palace away last week and um, it was the same thing. Got the goal. Um, I know the spending off last week didn't help, but we just, we just can't see games out at the moment. You know, we're really, really struggling to kill off teams. And, you know, you was, you was mentioning earlier about the Emirates um, being a fortress. And I, just, I just don't feel the Emirates is, is a fortress anymore. And teams don't fear coming over to the Emirates um, and I always think that teams will will be confident when they come and play it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 he, you can't really sort of make any kind of judgment right now because Arteta's first game was, what, Boxing Day at Bournemouth. So we're, we're not even a, you know, a month on from that. So nobody can really judge. The season, as the season goes on, you may know on, on Drive, uh, Dan, that I have a an Arsenal supporting producer who is convinced <laughs> that they're going to finish in the top four. And I, I just cannot, yeah, I can't see it. There's so many teams between Arsenal and the top four. No, I, can't, I can't see it myself, to be honest. I just don't think we've got, I, I just can't see it. I don't think we're finishing in the top four at all. What about his decision today to take Lacazette off? Because I was listening to the, the commentary today and Ian Danton and David Conley were both surprised that he took Lacazette off when he did. Do you know what, mate? I was really surprised myself. Really, really surprised. And um, to bring on, you know, Enketia, I know he's, I know he's a young player. Um, they're trying to give the young, the youngsters a chance. I was really, really surprised. And you know, for me personally, one nil is always a dangerous scoreline. Um, you know, after being Arsenal, we always look like we're going to concede. And for me, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have 
fault, lack of set off at all. Um, I, I didn't agree with that substitution whatsoever. Well, uh, more than that, I thought it was it was ridiculous, to be honest with you. And and there's been a lot of hype and, and things said about Eddie and Ketia. But Mar Marcelo Bielsa, listen, he, he's, he's in the championship. He hasn't got a great deal of silverware um, on his CV. But he, he's not going to leave Nketiah out as often as he did if Nketiah is that good. So what on earth makes Mikel Arteta think that any, Eddie Nketiah was right to come on in this game. And I think it now means he can't go out on loan because he can't play for three teams in the same season. So um, he's kind of stuck at Arsenal. So it, I thought it was a, a bizarre... I mean, not, not just, uh, you know, that was a bad move. I thought it was a bizarre substitution, really. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, mate. I, I really do. Um, I thought it was bizarre. And I just... I, I said to a couple of my couple of pals I was sitting with, um, you know, I, did, I didn't even know that he was back at Arsenal. I really didn't. Um, and, you know, it, it was a massive surprise for me to see him come on. And, you know, I, I, I just don't know why, why he made that decision. But, you know, I'll be totally honest with you. When Arteta came into Arsenal, I was a little bit kind of dubious. And I was thinking, oh, no, what are we doing? Um, and I wasn't confident at all. But fair play, um, you know, he, he seems to bring a little bit more confidence back to us now. Um, the fans, obviously, we, we all love Arteta. Um, and, he, and he's kind of changed the mood and the atmosphere at the Emirates a little bit, you know. He's, um, he seems like the players are actually playing for him. Um, and, you know, to, to, to be fair, um, you know, credit where credit's due, I, I think we do look like a totally different Arsenal team. But, as I said, we just can't kill the game off. And, you know, we, we can't seem to, to, to get the win when, when we should be winning games. But, you know, Sheffield United at home, no disrespect to Sheffield United, but... It's games like that we should be winning two, three, four nil. You know, it's it's just frustrating as an Arsenal fan to, to watch it. I know, uh, I know. You said Matt that you know Sheffield United above Arsenal and their away records been good. They lost the last two away at Man City and Liverpool. But you know, if Arsenal are to be top four, then they're going to have to be beating the likes of Sheffield United. And no, I accept that. I yeah. accept that. Just just on Nketiah as well, by the way. I, I thought it was nailed on that he was going to come back and then they'd loan him straight back out. Yeah. He's at a stage of his career now where he needs games. He needs to be learning. He needs to be getting you know 90 minutes every week and, and building up that stamina in matches as well. And and with Aubameyang still to come back as well, Lacazette, Martinelli today, Pepe, you don't see any game time for him, do you, in this second half of the season? He needed to go out and play. No, I, I agree with you totally, and I think if he's if he isn't, all right, it's one man's opinion against another man's opinion, but Bielsa's a man that, you know, all right, Leeds have lost again today, but generally speaking, he's a, he's a manager whose opinion you would at least take notice of um, and you would respect. So what makes Arteta think that Bielsa's opinion of Nketiah is wrong and his opinion of, of Nketiah is right? In time, he may be brilliant for Arsenal, but you're right, he needs games to try and get that game out of him and and to, and to try and prove uh, what he's got. Game day, the biggest football league in the world. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.